You're listening to the Power Place Audio Podcast. For more resources or to watch the service online, visit us at www.thepowerplace.org. So Alan asks, I know you're crazy about that little daughter of yours, Steve. What are you going to do when she starts to date? Steve said, well, I figure I'll just take the first young man aside, put my arm around his shoulder, pull him close to me so that only he can hear. And then I'll say, you see that sweet little young lady? She's my only daughter, and I love her very much. And if you were thinking about touching, kissing, or being affectionately physically with her at all, just remember, I don't mind going back to prison. Someone said, don't irritate old people. The older we get, the less life in prison is a deterrent. (laughs) And when you know it, uh, they discovered that brain cells come and go, but fat cells live forever. What in the world? I'm sunk. (laughs) Cause and effect. Uh, Thank you. I want to thank our uh, incredible pastoral staff who have brought such powerful words uh, these past several weeks. What a team God has blessed us with. And I want to finish up this series today, Cause and Effect. And I'm jumping back into Joshua chapter 14. Joshua 14 says, now these are the territories which the sons of Israel inherited in the land of Canaan, which Eleazar the priest, Joshua the son of Nun, and the heads of the father's households of the tribes of the sons of Israel apportioned them as inheritances. By the lot of their inheritance, just as the Lord commanded through Moses for the nine tribes and the half tribe. For Moses had given the inheritance of the two tribes and the half tribe beyond the Jordan, but he did not give an inheritance to the Levites among them. For the sons of Joseph were two tribes, Manasseh and Ephraim. And they did not give it a, a portion to the Levites in the land except cities to live in with their pasture lands for their livestock and for their property. The sons of Israel did exactly as the Lord had commanded Moses and they divided the land. Then the sons of Judah approached Joshua and Gilgal and Caleb. So I say Caleb. Caleb was a man who caused an effect. Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the, the Kenizzites said to him, you know the word which which the Lord spoke to Moses, the man of God, on account of you and me in Kadesh Barnea. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought word back to him as it was in my heart. I'll just say this. You can't really bring a word that's not in your heart. And Caleb simply spoke what was in his heart. I brought back word to him as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brothers who went up with me made the heart of the people melt with fear because they spoke what was in their heart. Out of the abundance of the mouth, the heart speaks. Sorry. 
I just got that totally turned around. I, as I said it, I'm like, that doesn't make, that's not right. <laughs> Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So when you say something and somebody says, well, that's very offensive. You say, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't really mean it. Oh, but you did. You meant it because it was in your heart. Now, you can put a guard over your mouth, and you need to, and many of us should, most of the time. But what's inside eventually bubbles out. I brought word back to him as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brothers who went up with me made the heart of the people melt with fear. But I followed the Lord, my God, fully. So Moses swore on that day, saying, the land on which your foot has walked shall certainly be an inheritance to you and to your children forever, because you have followed the Lord my God fully. Let me just pause and say the decisions you make will affect the, the generations following you. Your children, your children's children will be affected by the choices you make, the decisions that you live by. And so make those decisions wisely so you can cause an effect that is a good effect. So Moses swore on that day, saying, the land on which your foot is walked shall certainly be an inheritance to you and to your children forever because you have followed the Lord my God fully. And now behold, the Lord has let me live just as he spoke these 45 years. From the time that the Lord spoke this word to Moses, when Israel walked in the wilderness, and now behold, I'm 85 years old today. My dad had a birthday this week. He's, he turned 86. And uh, he doesn't understand what 86 is, but we celebrated him, and he just kind of laughed and enjoyed the moment. But he doesn't get the fact that he has stepped into a, an age of, of uh, hugeness. And Caleb said, I'm 85 years old today. In verse 11, I am still as strong today as I was on the day Moses sent me. As my strength was then, so my strength is now for war and for going out and coming in. Now then, give me this hill country about which the Lord spoke on that day. For you heard on that day that Anakim were there. Those are giants. Those are the descendants of Goliath and, and those giants. Anakim were there with great fortified cities. Perhaps the Lord will be with me Amen. and I will drive them out just as the Lord has spoken. Amen. So Joshua blessed him and gave Hebron to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, as an inheritance. And therefore, Hebron became the inheritance of Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, to this day, because he followed the Lord God of Israel fully. There's a key here. I don't know if you're noticing that at all, but it's been repeated several times in this short passage. Now, the name of Hebron was previously Kiriath Arba, for Arba was the greatest man among the Anakim. Then the land was at rest for war. In the Joshua 15, verse 13, now he gave to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, a portion among the sons of Judah in accordance with the command of the Lord to Joshua 
namely Kiriath Arba, Arba being the father of Anak, that is Hebron. And Caleb drove out from there the three sons of Anak, Sheshai, Ahiman, Talmai, the children of Anak. And if you leave giants in your land, if you leave giants in your life, they will reproduce. And, and some of us think nobody knows, and so it's not that big a deal. And I'll just kind of hide that part of my life. If you've watched the news lately, you know that things don't hide forever. And so you must guard your heart. You must drive out every giant in your life with the help of God. Can't do it on your own. But eventually, if you don't do it, somebody else is going to have to come and be a chain breaker in your generations to come. And some of you are that person. Your ancestors, they messed things up for you. And you came to a point where you said, I can't live like this any longer. I've got to kill these giants, and you have, and you set your kids and your grandkids up for blessing in the days to come. Hallelujah. Caleb, he, he was a sold out and radical 85 year old. Song I used to sing in our youth group. Oh, well, I'm sold out and radical. I'm going to sing a new song forevermore because I'm sold out and radical. I'm going to soar, soar, soar. Oh, well, I'm sold out and radical. I'm going to sing a new song forevermore because I'm sold out and radical. I'm going to soar, soar, soar. I'm gonna soar like an eagle, fly like a bird. I'm totally free by the power of his word. More I talk to Jesus, the more he lets me know that to be sold out to him is the only way to go. And so I'm sold out and erratic. Anyway, um... Some of, you, some of you will remember a, a few years ago, Bob Kilpatrick came to our church at Christmas time, and that was one of the songs he wrote. And uh, anyway, sold out and radical. But here you've got Caleb, 85 years old, and still sold out and radical. Nobody's stopping him. They can't because of what's inside him. In fact, he interrupts the balloting of the land when he steps out of the ranks to claim the portion which God had promised to him 45 years earlier. 45 years ago, God said, I'm here to take it. <laughs> now, come on. Caleb, he was a great man, yet he was so simple. He was a deep man, and yet he was so uncomplicated. He was a man who caused an effect. I, I want to be Caleb. I want to be that kind of person who causes an effect just by who I am and who I fully follow. 
He says in verse eight, I follow the Lord my God fully. I follow the Lord my God fully. Here's what God said about Caleb as he responds to Moses' prayer for the disobedient, rebellious, fearful children of Israel. In Numbers chapter 14, verse 20, the Lord said, I've forgiven them in accordance with your word because Moses asked him to forgive the children of Israel. Then he says in verse 21, however, as I live, all the earth will be filled with the glory of the Lord. I'll forgive them, but you gotta know, I'm alive and all the earth will be filled with the glory of the Lord. Some of you need to hear that today. God is still alive and all the earth will be filled with the glory of the Lord. Don't be afraid, fear not, don't fret, don't worry. And he says, all the earth will be filled with the glory of the Lord. Certainly all the people who have seen my glory, my signs, which I performed in Egypt and in the wilderness, yet have put me to the test these 10 times and have not listened to my voice. They shall by no means see the land which I swore to their fathers, nor shall any of those who are disrespectful to me see it. But as for my servant Caleb, This is what God says about Caleb. But as for my servant, Caleb, because he has had a different spirit and has followed me fully, I will bring him into the land which he entered and his descendants shall take possession of it. But as for my servant, Caleb, He's had a different spirit. And may that be said of you. Out of everybody else in the world, God looks at you and says, as for my servant, they've got a different spirit. They're not not following what everybody else is saying and worried about and doing and saying, oh no, what are we gonna do? No, they've got a different spirit. They've trusted me. Caleb saw with different eyes. He was in the minority, him and Joshua. They saw with eyes of faith when they walked into the promised land. And the majority saw things from man's viewpoint. So they rebelled, they grumbled, they eventually were destroyed. But I want you to notice something. Both groups saw the same thing. Caleb and Joshua didn't have on rose-colored glasses, so, oh, I just see it. Oh, everything's unicorns and rainbows. No, they saw the giants. They saw the huge fruit. They saw the issues. They saw the fortified cities. They saw what everybody else saw, but they saw with God eyes. They had a different perspective. Caleb looked with God eyes, and 45 years later, the promise was fulfilled. Now, I, I would dare say many of us would have given up at some point in that 45-year span. Yeah, you know, God promised me, but it's just really, I don't know, it's just really been a struggle. I don't know if we're ever going to make it. I know we've been in the wilderness forever. And, uh, 
not Caleb. He didn't give up. No one could see what we saw when God called us here to Kenneth Square. He said, oh, that's been tried there. It can't, can't be done. It's a tough place. It's a burned over field. Nothing good can grow there. Mushrooms can grow here. I like mushrooms. But mushrooms grow in... Yeah, they, they grow in uh, that. We, we were simply living obediently from God's promises. He spoke to us very clearly from his word as we were praying and fasting. And as we obeyed what he said, one of the, one of the scriptures God spoke to me through was Amos chapter 9, verse 15. He said, I will plant Israel in their own land, never again to be uprooted from the land I've given them, says the Lord your God. I will plant Israel in their own land, never to be uprooted from the land I've given them, says the Lord your God. And somebody said, if you, if you make it five years, it'll be a miracle. Well, here we are 16 years later, Amen. almost 17 now. Amen. When I read this, this was in my one-year Bible. Amos chapter 9, verse 15, and I will plant Israel in their own land, never to be, again to be uprooted from the land I've given them, says the Lord your God. I stopped and I paused and I said, God, that's what I want. I want my own land. I don't want what anybody else wants for me. I want what you want for me. And I want my own land never to be uprooted from the land you've given me. So I just need to know where it is. And as I picked up my reading and Revelation chapter 3, the word of God went on and it said, to the angel of the church of Philadelphia write, behold, I place before you an open door that no man can shut. I hold the key of David. What I open, no man can shut. What I shut, no man can open. And I, I just started a little dance inside my spirit saying, God, you've given us direction because that's, I've been asking you where, 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 and you said here, 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 and so we're going. And you're going to plant us and we're going to live obediently from your promises. Another promise God gave us was 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 10. And I will establish a place. So why don't you... Why don't you call your, your church a church? Because God said that he's going to give us a place, a power place. And I will establish a place for my people Israel and will plant them and so that they may live in their own place and not be disturbed again, nor will malicious people oppress them anymore as previously. And... and we're still seeing the fulfillment of these, these words that God has spoke to us over 17 years ago. I remember when, when Allie was in uh, high school, she came home one day and she said, Dad, they, they're telling me, you're not a real religion. 
You're not even a real church. I said, well, I don't care what they say. God planted us here. And God promised us our own land. Never to be uprooted from the land he's given us, says the Lord your God. And here we are. And some of those religions have gone by the wayside. And here we are still standing. It took Caleb 45 years to see the fulfillment of what God said to him. Don't give up. Look at your neighbor and say, don't give up. Do not give up. Do not give up. If God said it, he will do it. You just stay obedient. A few things about Caleb real quick. Number one, Caleb had a faith that never wavered. Caleb had a faith that never wavered, just like Abraham. Romans chapter 4, verse 20 tells us about Abraham. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger. And in this, he brought glory to God. And as your faith grows stronger, you bring glory to God. Because he's like, yeah, they're believing. Oh, yeah, they're still standing in there. Come on. And he brings the angels and go bless them. Go bless them. Surround them right now. Oh, that, that makes me happy. Ha! I love it. Yeah, they haven't seen it yet, but it's coming. I, I, it's right there. They're almost there. As his faith grew stronger, in this he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced. Somebody say fully convinced. Fully convinced. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. Because of Abraham's faith, God counted him as righteous. Man in right standing with God. Righteous. And that's how you cause an effect. Someone said, don't measure the giants against your strength. Measure the giants against the size of your God. Caleb was never found among the grumblers. He wasn't a skeptic. He was never found among the unbelievers or those who longed for the leeks and garlic of Egypt. He caught a glimpse of the reward of obedience that kept him true the rest of his life. Joshua chapter 14, verse 9. So Moses swore on that day, saying, The land on which your foot is walked shall certainly be an inheritance to you and to your children forever. Because you have fully followed the Lord my God fully. You have followed the Lord my God fully. Now behold, the Lord has let me live just as he spoke these 45 years from the time the Lord spoke this word to Moses. What a moment. I mean, a dream 45 years in the making and he never wavered. And I wonder what I've missed in my life by giving up just a bit too soon. I was reading this week in my my one-year Bible reading plan and it came across Psalm 105 verse 19. Until the time came to fulfill his dream, the Lord tested Joseph's character. Wow. 
until the time came to fulfill his dreams, the Lord tested Joseph's character. Look at your neighbor and say, this is a test. This is a test, my friends. This is only a test. This is a test of the, what is it, the broadcast system. Anybody old enough to remember that? This is a test. This is a test of the, whatever. Aye, aye, aye. So how's your character handling the test? Is your character proving to be a godly character? Or are you crumbling underneath the weight of the test? You may not like your circumstances, but this is a test of your character. And there's something coming on the other side of this test. You just have to be faithful. Number two, Caleb's strength never weakened. Joshua 14, 11, I'm still as strong today as it was on the day Moses sent me. As my strength was then, so my strength is now for war and for going out and coming in. Now then, give me this hill country. The Anakim are there. Perhaps the Lord will be with me and I will drive them out just as the Lord has spoken. Paul the Apostle wrote in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 7, but we have this treasure in earthen containers so that the extraordinary greatness of the power will be of God and not from ourselves. And here you have Caleb, a man filled with God's power. It wasn't just that he was a strong, scrappy 85-year-old. He was a man filled with faith. He had fully followed the Lord his God. Because of that, God strengthened him. And it was God strengthened him It wasn't just because of his physical ability. It was something inside of him greater than his physical ability. And Paul the Apostle says, we've got this treasure, this extraordinary greatness of the power. It's of God and not from ourselves. We are afflicted in every way, but we're not crushed. We're perplexed. Some things we can't quite figure out, but we're not despairing. Somebody needs to hear that today. Perplexed, but not despairing. Persecuted, but not abandoned. He's with you. He's with you. He's for you. He is for you. He is for you. He is for you. Amen. And and we just say the amen. He's for us. He's, his promises are yes, and we agree. Amen. Amen. Persecuted, but not abandoned. We may be struck down, but we're not destroyed. Someone said you, you can't stop the waves, but you can learn to surf. <laughs> Get on your surfboard and go. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 The Apostle Paul goes on, he says, therefore we do not lose heart. Though our outer person is decaying, yet our inner person is being renewed day by day. For our momentary light affliction, 
is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal. The things which are not seen are eternal. Everything you can see right now is temporal. Keep your eyes fixed on the eternal. Caleb, he was the one who followed the Lord fully. And so he was the one who was fully victorious. His strength never weakened. Joshua 15, verse 13. Now he gave to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, a portion among the sons of Judah in accordance with the command of the Lord to Joshua, namely Kiriath Arba, Arba being the father of Anak, that is Hebron. And Caleb drove out from there the three sons of Anak, Sheshai, Ahiman, and Talmai, the children of Anak. I want to be like Caleb. You know, failure to drive out the enemy in our lives is always due to failing to fully follow the Lord. I mean, you may have some stuff in your life that you're like, eh, it's not that big a deal. I don't want to give it up. I really like it. And it will create a stronghold in you. The enemy will be able to get a toehold and a foothold, which will eventually become a stronghold. It'll become more difficult to root that out of your life. If you'll fully obey the Lord, fully follow the Lord your God, it'll change everything. You'll be able to drive out the giants and watch God's hand of blessing flow. Number three, Caleb was a giver. Caleb was a giver. He was a blesser. Find in Joshua 15, verse 16, Caleb said, the one who attacks Kirith Sapphira and, and captures it, I will give him Aksha, my daughter, as a wife. Othniel, the son of Kenaz, the brother of Caleb, captured it. So he gave him Aksha, his daughter, as a wife. And it happened when, that when she came to him, she incited him to ask her father for a field. So she dismounted from the donkey and Caleb said to her, what do you want? Isn't that the kind of, of giving spirit we need to have. What do you want? And she said, give me a blessing. Since you've given me the land of the Negev, give me springs of water also. So he gave her the upper springs and the lower springs. You can't ever lose by being a blesser, by being a giver. Don't be stingy with what God has blessed you with. Someone said, what if the amount of our offering and what we had left over were displayed on everyone's forehead? It'd be kind of like, you know, Jesus sitting next to the, the offering bucket and everybody's throwing in their big deal and making a big splash and he's sitting there going, yeah, but you've got millions still. And then the little lady comes with her little mite, drops it in. He goes, hey, 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 everybody, look, check it out. She just gave more than everybody else. Like it was just a little penny, copper coin. Really? He says, yeah, but she gave everything she had. And I'm not the one keeping the records. So you don't have to worry about me. But there is one keeping records. And you're going to come face to face with him someday. 
I suggest we get it right. And we start to give and bless. I was also thinking, what if every critical remark we spoke left a visible scar? And I believe God has called us to be generous with our, our money, our finances, our, our inheritance, whatever we've been given. But he's also called us to be generous with our words of blessing. And some of you were so generous with your words of blessing to us. I, I'm so overwhelmed. But can I challenge all of us to be a giver, be a blesser? He who blesses others will himself be refreshed. The word of God says. Number four, and I come quickly to a close, kind of. Um, number four, Caleb was undistracted. He was focused. He was undistracted. I think a lot of us have kind of gotten distracted lately. What's our real purpose? We get caught up in things that aren't eternal. Martial arts legend Bruce Lee says, he said, I fear, I fear not the man who has practiced 10,000 kicks once, but I fear the man who has practiced one kick 10,000 times. And you can be that kind of person who's focused, undistracted, who's faithful. Not looking to the right or the left, just focusing. And, that, and you become... Powerful. Be that kind of person so you can cause an effect. Joshua 14, 13. So Joshua blessed him and gave Hebron to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, as an inheritance. Therefore, Hebron became the inheritance of Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite to this day, because, because he followed the Lord God of Israel fully. One place captured Caleb's heart. Hebron. It was the place where God spoke to Abraham face to face and promised him the land. It was that place of fellowship, of love, of communion with the Father. And you'll notice it was also a place guarded by Satan's most powerful forces, the Anakim, the giants. I remind you that God's greatest blessings are blocked many times by the enemy's forces. Because your greatest victories are found when you break through. And you put up enough effort to see the victory. Yes, God is fighting for you. He will win the battle. But you got to get involved in the fight to find the greatest treasures that God has for you. Fight for what is rightfully yours. Don't settle for anything less than God's best. So Caleb said, give me this land. Give me this hill country, perhaps the Lord. Joshua 14, 12. Now then give me this hill country about which the Lord spoke on that day. You've heard on that day that Anakim were there with great fortified cities. Perhaps the Lord will be with me and I will drive them out just as the Lord has spoken. I, I shudder to think 
of what we would have missed out had we not fought through to come here to Kenneth Square and had listened to everybody else and all their woes and worries and concerns and, well, you don't even know. And I'm like, ah, God said, and so we're going. So give us this hill country. Perhaps the Lord will fight for us. Perhaps the Lord will help us. Perhaps the Lord will show up. And he has. And he will continue. And he will do it. As we continue to obey him. Perhaps the Lord will be with me and I will drive them out just as the Lord has spoken. And if God has spoken, don't you back down for anybody or anything. Tell your neighbor, don't back down. Don't back down, baby. Someone said life should not just be a journey to the grave with the intention of arriving safely in an attractive and well-preserved body, but rather to skid in sideways, microphone in one hand, chocolate in the other, body thoroughly used up, totally worn out and screaming, woohoo, thank you, Jesus, what a ride. (laughs) Ah, I want to spend myself for what God has. Hebrews chapter 12, come on, come on, worship team. Baby, can I have a drink of that water down there, please? Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Thank you. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders. So it's not really sin. Yeah, but is it hindering you? He gets on to the sin eventually. He says, throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Some of us live in this hindering part. We're hanging on to stuff that hinders. It's it's comfortable for us. It's it's our comfort zone. It feels good and, and yet it's hindering us. He says, throw off everything that hinders. You gotta ask yourself the question, is it a wing Or is it a weight? Does it give me wings to fly and soar like an eagle? Or does it keep me weighted down to this planet, which I'm not a part of? I'm a sojourner. I'm an alien. I think it was Peter that said, as he wrote to the church, he said, to the aliens and strangers, Hello, alien. Yeah, we don't belong here. This is not our final home. There's a new heaven and a new earth coming, and I'm part of that citizenship. Since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with endurance or perseverance the race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. 
scorning his shame and sat down. He has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. I mean, because he saw you for the joy set before him, he saw you even though you weren't born yet. He saw you and for that joy, he, he endured the cross, despised its shame, but he has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. The writer of Hebrews says, consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Think about Jesus, what he's done and how he persevered and how he is still waiting for his inheritance in the saints. Don't give up. Don't grow weary. Don't lose heart. Be a Caleb. Be a person who will cause an effect. Give me this hill country, even though there are giants in the land, perhaps the Lord will be with me and I will drive them out just as the Lord has spoken. Not backing down, I'm not giving in. I want God's best. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Come on, stand with me, please. Thanks for listening to the Power Place Audio Podcast. For more resources or to watch the service online, visit us at www.thepowerplace.org.